I am so glad you could join us. I'm your host, Mo Gaudat. This podcast is nothing more than a conversation between two good friends sharing inspiring life stories and perhaps some nuggets of wisdom along the way. This is your invitation to slow down with us. Welcome to Slow Mo. Today's guest is the most licensed artist in history, the world-renowned Brazilian artist Romero Brito. Romero is the founder of the Happy Art Movement. He created a visual language of love, hope, and happiness that blends pop art with cubist-like abstraction to reflect his optimistic view of the world around him. When I look at Romero's art, all I know is that it makes me feel happy. And sometimes I think in my mind that I could probably draw something like this, but I can guarantee you it feels different when he does. He was self-taught from an early age. He painted on scraps of paper and cardboard before coming into his own and traveling to Paris where he was introduced to the works of Matisse and Picasso, and then his work started to shine across the world. His work was exhibited in galleries and museums in over 100 countries, and he created public art installations in almost every major city you can think of. Romero's impact goes way beyond his art. He's an activist for charitable organizations, and his personal impact in terms of time and actual contributions truly show what a wonderful person he is and his commitment to helping children find happiness through art. While I wait for Romero to show up, let me tell you about something that I think you will really like. Remember the awesome Alexandra Cousteau, who was my guest on episode 36? So as I was chatting with Alexandra and her equally awesome husband, and uh, they gave me a recommendation for a documentary on Netflix that I think is so uplifting and so beautiful that you should all maybe try and spend like an hour and a half to check out. It's called That Biggest Little Farm, The Biggest Little Farm. Yeah, I won't tell you much more than that, but it's really so beautiful and gives me hope that we, humanity, can actually reverse what we've done to our environment so far. So check it out and do go back and listen to Alexandra's uh, episode if you've missed it. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. Let's go. Um, well, I mean, I had to, as you telling me about, I mean, as you talking, you know, something came to my head that I, I think that so many of our problems of unhappiness comes from the early stage of our, our lives, a family, you know, like it goes back to, you know, let's say if you have parents that doesn't understand about being a parent and doesn't understand the meaning of being a parent or people that are having children, you know, naturally like potatoes grew up, you know, on the field. And then later on, those human beings, they start questioning themselves. They start asking questions. And then they start realizing that the world is, is not just... Imagine like if you 
you know, you're a kid that you do, you have children, you have parents that uh, cannot relate to you. You cannot relate to your parents, and you cannot relate to the world. And there is a message in the world of one thing, and then the parents say something totally different, or maybe nothing at all. And then those people feel totally lost. Or kids growing up with uh, in a, in a place where there's no room, there's nobody to tell them what's right, what's wrong. Nobody mm. to motivate them, to love them, to feel loved and to feel the meaning of what it is a family or of being alive or of, of being um, meaningful to somebody. Do you understand? And mm. I think all of a sudden unhappiness hits in because, you know, then you're going to be, you feel like unappreciated. You're going to be a horrible parent or you're going to be somebody that is going to be not a a, a good child, but the parents also at the same time doesn't understand that it, the parent did so many things that was detrimental for the for the child. Mm-hmm. And then later on, you have somebody unhappy or someone that want to be a control freak. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? because mm-hmm. basically something happened along the way of that person's life. Because I I read this book many years ago, the Dalai Lama, called the uh, Art of Happiness. I and one love of the that book. That hit my head is that when he says that we all are born with a destiny to be happy, something along the way happened and everything changed because you're born, you're a pure canvas. You just, mm-hmm. you know, like a little cat, a baby, baby doesn't have no experience. So everything's about laughing. A child that you see that so many kids, you know, my son grew up you know, like, and laughing all the time because his mother loved him very much. He was always happy. But then even though with all the love, Still, the world is so complex that later on, you still find yourself questioning yourself everything. But one thing for sure, he know that his mother loved him very much and I love him very much. But every kid's happy, should be happy. And then you should grow up being happy too. But then you find somebody that may not understand about happiness. And then guess what? Things go, is that collusion? Because you may marry somebody who had totally different kind of uh, understanding about where you come from, your family, your values, or everything, and then want to change that. And then the person now understands what means unhappiness. So I think maybe one thing would be amazing to do, and I believe on that, and maybe I'm wrong, but maybe it would be something that is a long, the short term, long term. The short term is for us to kind of understand what happened and then try to fix. And the other one is go back to family planning and people to understand what it means to be in a group of people mm. have a Got family have children you know like for instance you have your son you love your son and everything how amazing that for someone to understand you love somebody or you love i mean i never had my father tell me i love you mm-hmm. so i can imagine for a child grow up never have this type of conversation i think it's incredible but, but i mean then, i think it's horrible actually but but, then, but you know, you, you, you came out of this to be one of the most prominent artists of, of, the, of our generation, right? So, so you, you, you had, what, six, six brothers and two sisters? You had a yes. father that wasn't very affectionate. Uh, you know, it wasn't great conditions. You didn't have a lot of money growing up, right? It was difficult. But then something in you created that incredibly expressive, incredibly joyful person that's not only able to find his own happiness, but you're literally spreading happiness to hundreds of millions. What happened there? How how did you make that switch? I I don't even know how to explain. Actually, 
I since I was a kid, I always liked colors, you know, mm-hmm. and and I always wanted to do very bright work and everything. And I I didn't know that was making me feel good. That was making me feel good. And people, when I moved to U.S., that's when people started telling me. When it be, the more I became successful, people acquiring my work, getting my art, people say, "Oh, your art make me happy." I was like, "What? Okay. Like, <laughs> make me happy? Your art make me happy?" I remember one day a lady bought so many of my pieces. And then she said, I have cancer. And recently, another person, I mean, so many people throughout the years had told me this, oh, I'm feeling sick, I'm going to get this, I'm going to, somebody pass away, oh, so many situations, that's unbelievable. And I was like, wow, I cannot believe it. the responsibility is really big. Mm. I have people from all sorts of walks of life, from somebody that knows a lot about art to somebody who doesn't know anything about art. For someone that has built a museum like Alice Walton to say to me, I love your art. Your portrait of me is so beautiful. I never saw a portrait of myself like this. I mean, other artists did portrait of myself, but yours is the most beautiful. And it's like, she doesn't need to tell me that, please me or anything. I mean, I have from all walks of life. But I had to say, uh, at the end of the day, people get very surprised. Say, are you happy every day? No, I'm not. Mm. You know, I find a place that I can focus on with my art. But I'm searching for happiness. So many things happen in my life that I'm like, sometimes I feel like, vulnerable about all kinds of situations. Do you know what I mean? And it's really hard for me because to deal with all that because so many things happen and I'm being so, I'm like a wounded person, you know, mm. like growing up in a family that was really difficult, you know, with my brothers, my mother, seeing her suffering. I even think about that everything that a mother, as you are in the pregnancy, a child experienced all that fast to, to a child. I, think I feel that. Too. You know what I mean? Like all the unhappiness that my mother had became right to me too. Mm. And I'm not blaming her, but I, I just think that I maybe in the future or sometime in the future, because we learn about so many things, you know, that help our lives today, you know, from technology, from history, all kind of things that we learn. But one thing we don't learn about is about how to deal with our own, ourselves and with others or how we can bring, I think it's so irresponsible to bring people to the world and just because I have to have a baby, I have to have a house, I have to have a car, I have to have a job, I have to have a profession, I have to do everything that everybody has. And so I need to have kids. Oh, now I have to have a boy and a girl. And then, oh, okay, now you're 18, you're out of the house. Go and figure this out. No, 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 <laughs> exactly. that's not helping anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's up to you. I don't know. I, yeah. No, this is your problem. I mean, when you bring somebody to this world, you're responsible for that person. I think all those people, the parents of Hitler, of all these horrible people, and the same thing, like good people. I mean, when you see someone that turned out really nice, I mean, I'm st- I had to say, God, I mean, I have to thank my mother. She was a true hero, yeah. you know, to put herself together, you know, to hold on all that. And she really loved my father because, you know, if it was another woman, she probably would find another guy, another man to take care of her children and move on. But mm. she didn't do that. It's, it's really incredible when you think about it. I, I, I find it funny that they ask us to have a, a test for a driver's license before we can drive a car, but anyone can make a baby, right? It's like, okay, you know, let's, let's have another one in this world where we don't know what to do. And, and as you rightly said, you know, what ends up happening is that, of course, a loving mother would stay because she loves her kids. She wants, you know, right. she wants her kids to sort of have a chance, but then all of that gets transferred into the child's emotions in a way, right? You used to be a very, you, you said in one of your interviews, you were 
sort of like what there was that one time where a teacher comes to you in school and says, you need to go out of the classroom, right? Which is quite interesting. Uh, Again, looking at your work and your art and how you're constantly in the middle of hundreds of people talking to a hundred people at a time, how your original tendency was, I want to be alone. I don't want to be with others. Yes, I was, I was very shy. I mean, I, I remember when the, when the, was the supervisor that he came and then said, you know, you need to get and join your friends outside the class when you have, <laughs> you know, like break. Yeah. And he said something to me that was, and I forgot, he, he, he gave this analogy and I'm going to explain exactly how. I remember vaguely it was something like a sunflower. You know, the sunflower, you know, the sunflower keep looking for the light. But then if the sunflower just, you know, keep in the same place, you end up like going like, you go like the sunflower, whatever the sun goes, the, the sunflower goes. But at the same time, if the sunflower doesn't go nowhere, if they don't see light, you end up like turning like down and you're just like looking too, too much to yourself. And then you, it's not a good thing. And I think, you know, I, I think I find the kind of uh, entertainment or some sort of, you know, not to be alone. I don't like to be alone. And uh, every day, at the end of the day, when I go to my house, the most difficult time of my day is to go back home hmm. because I go by myself. And I'm, hmm. I'm there, you know. And, um, you know, there was a time that I, I did not have someone because then I got married. And then the person that I got married, she's, she was wonderful. She passed away, the mother of my son. She was the most incredible person. But I think one of the things that, you know, with her is that she had a very also different personality. She was super brilliant. She was a Mensa. I don't know if you know this organization, Genius Children of America. Mm. And she was a kid. And anyway, she, she didn't relate to the everyday people's conversation because she read a lot and everything. So anyway, I wanted to be with a lot of people. And then she wanted to be with a very small group of people, just me, friend, and, and I. Just that's it. So as I, I almost like to live like three lives at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it was very difficult. And, and I tried to do my best. But at the same time, there was, you know, like when you want to share like your things that good things, bad thing. And sometimes it was kind of very complicated. And, uh, but anyway, I, you know, just, just, I don't know why I'm saying that. But, but uh, so many things that happen. But I do think there's a long term and short term. And I think, you know, what do you say? People take driver's license. You know, but we had to vote. We have, you know, you had to go to war. You had to do all kinds of things. But I think the responsibility of bringing a human being to the world is so big. You know, the lucky ones are the ones that have children that become something spectacular that give a huge contribution to humanity, like mm-hmm. somebody, parents of Einstein or, or so many people that did amazing things. So mm-hmm. they are incredible to be able to do that and rise from ashes, from dirt yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, imagine a parent or someone that did horrible things to the world, mm. bad thing. Mm. I mean, those people, and, and what the question we ask to those parents, what happened? Yeah, that's such, a, that's such an interesting way of looking at it, actually. The level of responsibility of a parent extends not to just your child, but to the, what your child's impact is on the world. And I think that really is something that we should take very seriously can we talk about art for a while why do i feel so happy when i look at your work why i think maybe because because what i'm talking about you know what i mean i think what i'm talking about is about love and uh and i think about love all the time i think mm. love is everything, right 
And I, I think, you know, love is everything. If you don't have love in your life, you like, and I'm not necessarily say, you know, sex, because people think about love immediately, they yeah, think so. about sex. Yeah. Some people think that way. But I'm talking about love, just love, experience, kindness, beautiful things. It's really difficult to be a good person when, like, especially in the world of business. Like, for me, the biggest dilemma is, like, I do my art, but then there's a business of art. Hmm. Annoying. But why people, <laughs> say, but why people, I mean, it's very, I, I think I, the reason that people identify with my art is very direct. It's very simple to digest. I'm not talking about something too complicated because love and happiness is something that we should experience, you know, every day as we wake up in the morning. And you see the light hitting, you know, like, like the light, like reflect on the tree, on the water, or, or just, you know, just feeling good and just be surrounded by people that stimulate you, that mm. make you feel alive, you know what I mean? Mm. Because that is amazing. I mean, to be around the situation of people that gives you this feeling of excitement without mm. nothing, you know, like just be around, you feel excited about it. And I'm sure that you felt that way about your son. Oh, just yeah. that feeling that you know just you cannot get this nowhere i think we're going to be able to evolve so much but the feeling about this is really hard to manufacture i heard you say and i think the documentary of your 20 years on uh, you know in in your gallery on lincoln road lincoln street it was right. you you were saying it almost feels like a dream every day okay you can i can see this mm -hmm. It, 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 you say it almost feels like a dream every day, okay? You, I can see this when I look at, you know, videos of you working and, you know, drawing something that you love what you're doing so much. Huh? You, it's not a job for you. You just enjoy yeah. doing this. Now, not everyone has this. And, and somehow, you know, it seems to me that there was, that as a child, you know, you, you drew on everything like newspapers or scraps and you finger painted because you didn't have a brush or whatever, right? And what would you tell parents, you know, for their children, if they showed some kind of talent, what, what would your advice be? How, how can someone become Romero? I think in number one, I think in any area, you know, if you, a, a parent, a caring parent, they want their children, I mean, to be happy, right? Ultimately, you know, to That's find something. That's not always true. They, they sometimes want them to be successful. They push them. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, no. I, I ideally would be for the parents to understand that. But I had to tell a ride that I had once with a, with a driver from an Uber driver several years ago, a few years ago, not so long ago. And they, when I sit down, there was two people that were working again. I always sit down in the back of the car. And then I sat right next to the driver. And then I started a conversation, and then the, the guy said to me, so you know any writer? And I was like, why are you asking me about any writer if I know? Well, because I, I'm, um, I want to, I want to uh, publish a book. And I said, mm -hmm. I asked him, did you write a book? And he told me, no, but I want to know somebody that can help me to publish. You should write a book first, and then after you write the book, and then you look for somebody. But uh, yeah, it's a good idea to find someone, something like this sort. It's a good idea to find somebody that maybe can help you. But I think, first of all, you need to have the book because if you go, you have to write a book first. Mm. And then you go after and look for something. Because, you know, it's, but I mean, I'm going back to one thing. Is that, and then what happens is that as the conversation keeps going, he, I, I find out that 
his father, the father of this guy, was an engineer in General Motors, one of, was in Detroit, this, and then his father encouraged, he wanted to be an actor. He was not a good-looking guy, but he wanted to be an actor. It was like, and I, you know, anybody, Danny DeVito can be an actor, amazing, talented. The guy lost an opportunity mm-hmm. to at least to try, but the father disencouraged the guy to go to Hollywood. And then you have somebody that I think he did, I don't know, engineering or something, mm-hmm. you know, but unhappy driving a car that, you know, Uber, not that it's demeaning because somebody's doing a job, but basically the guy's not doing or try to do what he wants. So ideally it would be for the parents to encourage their children to do, find their true gift, you know, anything. It could be anything because, mm-hmm. you know, when somebody think about the money, then you have people miserable and very bad, you know, professionals that they don't understand, you know, what it takes or what it is to wake up in the morning excited and go to job, to the work and feel like adding more, doing more. And there's millions of people out there. I feel really bad. Sorry for that. But unfortunately, that's what it is out there. It's like people having children and they cannot, you know, encourage them or support them with whatever they want to do. If you have a kid that wants to do anything, you have to support. Like, I remember when my son, my son is, you know, he's 30. And then when my son told me, Dad, I bought a motorcycle, the first feeling I had, I was like, why you didn't ask me? But then again, I was like, he's... 25, you know, mm. would be nice if he asked me, but he's trying himself to assert himself, make his choices. So I was like, wow, Brandon, you know, maybe, maybe you need to make sure you get class, you know, to not drive around this motorcycle and tell that, you know, mm. and I thought, imagine a parent of a child that says, I want to be an astronaut. And you say, oh my God, I love my son, my daughter so much. And you want to go to space, you may never come back. But then again, if the person wants to go to space and you're happy going to space and you're going to die happy, you're going to let and support your child to go to the moon. Oh, wow. You would support you. I watched a movie yesterday that did exactly that. Oh, my God. It's so interesting when you think about it because if you are going to have a good life, whatever that good life is, that's what you want for your child, right? This is really exactly. where, where you should be. It's uh, It's... It's, I don't think, I think most parents don't see it that way though. You, 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 on the other hand, I don't think you were told anything. It's like, I have to ask a question. So one of the videos again, that I watched about your gallery said you had 15,000 SKUs in there already. You're the most licensed artist in history, right? You did things for, for car companies, for beauty companies, for, you know, countries, for, Fifteen? How do you how do you come up with fifteen thousand ideas? Like seriously, how 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 do you? Where is all that coming from? I have no idea. I have no idea. I have so many ideas. I have books of ideas that I never open. I think you know. In the end of the day, if you can get one cup, you can get a cup, and then you can move that cup a different position. You can do like so many paintings, like hundreds of ideas from one thing. Do you understand? But, th- but then you need minutes to do that. Like you have to... Oh, no, I mean, no, you need time to develop all that. But I mean, one thing about myself is that because I put so much of my energy into my work, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I always say to people, I used to make jokes like that. When people, when artists, other artists are sleeping or drinking or doing drugs or going everywhere, I was creating my art. Uh-huh. Day and night. Yeah. So Maybe. basically, I always felt really good about it. Then. The more I did, the more I wanted to do it. 
of course, that as you grow more mature and all the demands comes in, you know, you have sometimes feel exhausted. But you know, at the same time, you know, I don't, I never feel like quitting my job. So, mm. even even when it's commercial, if you, even when a company is asking you to do art, you still end up doing something that is very much Romero and very much happy. So even, you know, how, how do you navigate that? How do you keep it yourself? How do you make it, uh, you know, something that is not what the company really told you in the brief, if you want? I think, I, I think I've been very blessed and lucky because a lot of the organizational projects that I've done or companies, you know, they were interesting because they wanted to relate to people. The more people they want, they relate the better it is. And, and the idea is that come to an artist that relate to people and people want mm. to see the art. You know mm. what I mean? That's basically what it is. Um, whoever is not attracted to my work is because they come from darkness. So they are in darkness. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. So you're not related to my work. There's two things. Darkness or you're very jealous and you cannot see that. Mm. Because of love and happiness, they don't believe in that. They believe in totally different things. They believe in other things. But mm -hmm. not in that, and they surround themselves with darkness. They mm -hmm. want to see moves of violence and all kind of stuff. I don't like to see moves of violence. I don't want why, don't what's either. for me to go and see a move of somebody being like hurt or you know like no. Why, why yeah. are I gonna see that? Yeah, I'm. I'm like you. Yeah, I'm like you. I, I have not watched a violent movie for twelve years. It's like it's. What's the point? Why? Why do I want to yeah. see that at all? I don't know if you'll be if you'll be happy or upset when I tell you this. So. Your art is amazing, but it's not, your, it's not the favorite thing for me about you. So I actually like a lot more how generous you are, okay? So you, you're the founder of the Happy Art Movement. You teach children. Like, I've, I've actually watched your videos, huh? And, and you spend... Yeah, you spend... You spend uh, people should look for that, by the way. Should, you should get your children, listeners, you should get your children... To, to do art with, uh, with Romero, it's, it's really an incredible experience. Huh? You did a project with the Miami Children Museum. Um, yeah. you, you have your organization, I think, contributes to like, to what, 250 or something, nonprofits and so on. So, which is, I think, I don't know if that's the thing about you that is known uh, more because your art is so attractive. Huh? But I actually, when I asked Karen to introduce us, this, is what, this was what I wanted to talk about. That, that ability... You could have just taken, you know, your success and just indulged in luxuries and life and so on. But you, you give so much, Romero. Where does that come from? I, I remember one thing. When, uh, when I was a kid, my brother had a son and his name is Elvis. And I, I, I remember having such a pleasure in going to buy a gift to give to my nephew. Mm. I remember that so well. And then uh, the idea of sharing, I wish I could do more. It's just that the time, because I have so much demands in my work and responsibilities and everything, but it's such a great thing to be able to do things for other people, and I wish I could do more. And I hope that in the future, as I become more successful and I do so many other things that I have to do because, you know, or I, or I you know, focus only in donating my time, you know, raising funds for organization, doing all sort of things that I've done throughout the years. But oh, I also do my art for galleries because I also have, you know, I have a huge business going on at the same time. So mm. I have to fulfill that. But, you know, I think that it's a really fun thing to do. I wish I could share. Is, does that make you happy? I mean, there was one quote I read again about you that said, 
happiness lies in the pleasure of giving pleasure to others. Is that is that what you're doing? Is 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 I'm I don't know I don't know if you would mind me, but I you know you said other artists are are spending their time you know sometimes having drugs. I think this is your drug. Your drug is to create something beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. And, and is so you are when you're doing that, are you creating it because you want to see it as beautiful, or you because you want to make another person f- smile or feel loved or feel joy when they see it? It's a mix of all that. I mean, it's a mix of making me feel good. It's a mix of knowing that my art is going to be part of, of a setting of a family of people together that they love each other and they share, you know, the moment. You know, like when so many collectors of my work. When they come to an exhibition, they bring their family members, you know, when they give my, my piece of art to somebody that they love or things like that. I mean, that's, I mean, it's all, all together. It's just, it's just, it's hard to describe. Maybe I need to go to someone to, to understand more. Even myself, there's so many things about my, myself and about my art that I started learning, you know, little by little. Hmm. A lot of reflection. So I feel guilty to keep you because if I keep you, that's like a thousand ideas you could produce at oh, the no, same no. time. <laughs> but I have to tell you something. It's a great way to talk because mm-hmm. I don't talk about this every day to people. You understand? I, I know you don't. I, I know you don't. And I actually, the reason why I bring this up is because, you know what? Every one of us is successful somehow. And actually, really interestingly, in the tough times we're going through now, Romero, you know, mo- many of us are saving a bit of our costs. So that basically is making our life easier. And I actually think there is an invitation here to say, if you're engaged in your success and life is good to you, hmm, this is the time where you actually go back and say, can I make other people's lives easier, right? Not just, right. you know, indulge in that, but also engage in ways that I think makes lives better. So there is no better place than to be an artist whose expression is making people happy, but at the same time, also take some of your success and give it back to make others happy. And I think it's... Uh, oh, thank you. I used, to, I used to have this habit of anytime that I would go around and I, if I thought about something, I would go and tell the person. And mm-hmm. it did something come to my head. It's like, I have a house upstate in New York. And one day my car got the tire that was a problem. And then there was no dealership around. So I had to hire a company to come, a toy company. And these two guys, two American kids came, two guys. Mm-hmm. And they came to pick up my car and I need to rent a car. And I say, can, I, can you give me a ride to the, to the town on the way? Because there's a place for me to rent a car. And as I was in the car, I keep talking to both of them and there was one driving and there was the other friend. And then the other, it's, it's, it's funny because always happening in a car. And then I say, I say, so what are you, are you still, uh, what you go to school for, you know? And uh, they were like under 30. And then one of them say, wow, I don't care about school. I, I work in a gas station. I take care of a gas station. I was, and and I was, they would say, well, I don't care about school. I mean, I never care about school. Something like that. I remember something like that. And then I was like, but why you don't, you don't think about going to school is a good thing? Well, it's a piece of paper. doesn't mean anything. You know, I have a great job. I take care of this gas station. And I told him, but imagine if this, the owner of the gas station dies and then they have a daughter or a son or whoever and they don't have nobody to run the gas station. And then you work in there and there's another person, three or four, from the outside and says, well, there's this guy here doesn't know anything about anything. He's really nice. He worked with us for so long. He understands the business, but there's another guy from the outside that he did business. He went to business school. He went to school. Business, he has more education. 
who is going to get the job? Mm. So I think you should rethink that because what going to school, going to college, has some education is really important because you give confidence even to have a conversation to anybody, even if you don't know everything about everything. But guess what? You went to school. You you, you never went to art school, though, did you? I never went to art school. No. I went to law school. I did four semesters of law school. Oh, my God. Law school. You're the furthest thing on earth from a lawyer. Sorry? I can't imagine you being a lawyer. Are you kidding? No, no. I didn't want to be a lawyer. You had to understand that. When I say that was, I was, I I got a scholarship. Respect to all lawyers, by the way. I don't mean anything against lawyers, but look at him. Explain that to you. I went to, I got a scholarship to study English. And then in my class, there was this guy that I always talked to him. He was older than me. And one of the things he told me, because I thought, oh, I told him, oh, I want to go to diplomatic school. And I used to walk from my house. I used to walk from my house with him all the way to until he got the bus to go somewhere. Mm. And on the bus, and he used to say all kind of funny things. And one of the things he told me, he said, well, if you go to law school, it would be a degree that's going to open your head for everything. Because I wanted to be a diplomat, not that I wanted to be a lawyer. And mm. I was like, okay, so I'm going to go to law school. <laughs> give better. it a try. So I was yeah. like, whatever I know, I couldn't talk to my mother. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have access to nothing. So I was like, the only access that I had was my classmate gap there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, go to law school. And then when I was in law school, I was so miserable. And I say, this is not for me. And I say, I will never be able to become a diplomat or ambassador of Brazil because this is going to be for super wealthy Brazilian families. And I was like, it's not for me. I'm going to just be an artist. Mm. And I quit. And I was so, so discouraged about the whole system in Brazil. And I can imagine how many kids feel the same way when you are poor and you go out there and you see everybody, not everybody, but a group of people, super wealthy, and you just feel like you feel not happy about it. Yeah. Because you're not part of it. You like you feel like excluded. And yeah. I mean, for people to say that in Brazil, the poor people are happy, it's really not, not right. It's not true. It's just not because true. they see them in carnival, because they see them cheering in the football because it's very inexpensive. But I mean, they don't see the everyday of people of a, a poor mother that see their child like without food or without having clothes to go to school, without being able to buy something for, to write, you know, their homework. I mean, so many issues that happen when you don't have access and you don't have a setup, you know. It is and definitely, life, life is a lot more challenging, I would say. But But I have to say, you know, when you look at, the problems of the Western world and how people complain about ah, my my Uber is two minutes late versus yeah. a mother in Brazil that is going through such a, a difficult time, but still able to smile, still able to go to carnival, still able to you know find at least happiness as compared to her her, her difficult situation is it's quite remarkable when you think about it. Yes, now it's very true. But I think what happens that in general people think that it's totally happiness. Of course yes. that somebody that in the slums of Brazil, they find some sort of, with all the struggle, but I think it's really, I don't know, it's just... We should, we should remove the struggle. If we were, if we were truly awful. humanity that is based on love and oneness, we should remove the struggle so that we make them, we make them not have to struggle to find happiness. I agree. I totally I mean, this is a daily struggle. I mean, when you think about it, you wake up the morning, it's already a fight. It's like a battle. It's a battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be like really imagine if you go to a country that people is like battling for food. It's like yeah. imagine those people that are now in tents that they wake up in the morning, the kids are in tents, like covered in like flies and fleas or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, take a shower. That there's no water for them to drink. You know, as you can see in India, other countries it's that tough. the kids are drinking horrible water. Yeah. I mean, that I don't know. But anyway, I think that's an issue. But uh, I want to go back to what you asked me because you you asked me something. I'm like talking about all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I love that you're talking about all kinds of stuff. So, so I I, I was uh, what did, what was I asking you? Let me ask you another thing then. So our world needs to change. You would agree, Romero, right? Our world, in terms of how we care for each other, okay, there is some work we can do. So, so you know, the message I'm trying to do with slow-mo here is to tell people, hey, it's okay to take 45 minutes out of your busy schedule and just try to slow down, okay? Try to slow down, try to reflect, try to understand, hmm? You know, our world needs to change in terms of our care for the environment. Our world needs to change in terms of equality. Our world needs to change in terms of empowering the feminine, right? If you were to imagine art that inspires that, so slowing down, what would that art look like? How would you tell people in, I mean, scribble in words now, not in your book. What does slowing down look like to you? What means slowing down? Okay. Oh, God. What me slowing down in art? That's what you ask me? Yeah, if I, if I, if I, so, I, so the way the logo of slow-mo is, uh, it looks like is me on a turtle, okay, looking at the sky, okay? That was my way of expressing this is slow-mo, mo, mo me slowing down on a turtle at the pace of a turtle looking at the sky. Blue colors, uh, you know, of the clouds, uh, you know, beautiful nature around me. How would you see it? If I would said, if I would have said slow Romero, which by the way, you probably need because you're constantly engaged, right? So if I, would, if I were to say slow Romero, what would that look like? But you know, I don't think it's about the speed. It's mm. about awareness of where you are of the moment. Because, you know, if you can ask like, say, Buzz Aldrin or one, any, any of those astronauts or somebody that went in one of those rockets, you know, they... The feeling of being there probably was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And that high speed, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's only about the speed of moving to place to place. It's about how you feel about where you are and awareness where you are, fast or slow, no? But don't you feel that the pace of life is extremely demanding now that we have to do 200 things every day, that it's, it's taking a toll on all of us? I mean, that now is about the quantity of things to do. But let's say that even if you like going in a rocket and you're just going through, you know, seeing the stars from the window and you're going like 10,000 miles per second, whatever, I don't know, so fast. But, you know, and you're just observing and you're there at the moment, you know. But if, yeah, if you're like doing a thousand things, you're not focusing on one thing. And I think that's the biggest problem in today's um demands because there's so many things and you cannot do one thing right because there's mm. so much that's one thing i've done is to focus in my art you know but a lot of time people want to do so many things and you end up you know, not doing anything and there you go mm. you know some people they say i want to be a successful businessman i want to be a father a mother i want to be a good daughter i want to be a good neighbor i want to be good i want to do everything and then guess what you cannot do everything I, I love that image. I really love that image. So slowing down, could, you could slow down by focusing on one thing and being present even if you're in a rocket. So it's not, it's not you know, it, that's such a pretty way of looking at it. You see, that's why when I 
take your coloring book and fill it in, it's still not art, okay? <laughs> That's why what you're creating is art. Romero, I cannot thank you enough. This was a wonderful conversation. It's, a, it's such a pleasure. I love you, man. You're amazing in every possible way. Thank you. I mean, it is very sweet of you. Come one of these days to visit this studio here in Miami, and then you can see what all happened. I would love to do that. I will take you up on that invitation. You're, so, yeah. you're really, really you're amazing. You're invited already, all right? Thank you, thank you and so hopefully much. Hopefully it was good, so anyway. And for all of you who joined us, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow me on social media. Search for MoGaudet, SlowMo, Soul for Happy, or One Billion Happy. I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, there is always time to slow down. Until next time, stay happy.